to say welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of tempting. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, want to welcome as well um, uh, Gord and Carol Ray. Who are they? Are you in the Paradise Church or in the Bridgetown Church? Paradise, Paradise Church. And uh, they were key members of the Refugee Settlement Committee that was founded uh, when they first thought about uh, hosting a refugee family. And uh, I think one of the first, how far are you in terms of order? I mean, you must be one of the first Baptist churches in our region to have received a family, is that right? I think the first one. The very yeah, first I one. Think Brunswick Street Baptist. Is this the other family that's okay. coming? Yeah. I think, I think Paul would say there are a couple more families anticipate the next couple of weeks. Right. Okay. That's the hope, anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, the great thing, I'm delighted that you're all here, so welcome, first of all. And uh, I think the great thing about having you here is, one, because you're so close, we get to avail ourselves of your expertise and experience as we reflect uh, together on the, on the issues that it raises. Um, but also, we're delighted to have you here because um, it's, a, it's a fascinating story. And we're, we're not just interested in the story for its own sake, although that's fascinating and I hope will be a great testimony to how the Lord can work. Um, but also because um, we want and need, I think, to be challenged to continue uh, this sort of work um, as we carry on. So we've had a lot of students with a real interest in this as an issue, and us as a faculty, of course, as well. And those of us who are in local churches, most of our churches are at some stage of participation. And so having uh, the story of your experience will be really helpful. So we're delighted that you're here today, and thank you so much for taking the time to come and be with us. Uh, Mark, I wonder if uh, you could tell us, uh, first of all, how the whole thing started, the, the initial, you know, right from the beginning, yeah. as it were. So I'm just one voice this morning, and not always the best one to answer certain questions, so I know that this is a question that, that Gord Hay is really going to want to speak to. We had a mic on other place we were at, so we knew when it was our <laughs> January 2015, and oh, by the way, thank you for inviting us. It's great to be here. Uh, back in January 2015, I was driving along through Barton down in Digby County in my truck late at night, and I was listening to CBC radio, and uh, came on the news, and it said that the government of Canada was going to be bringing in 10,000 Syrian refugees and 3,000 Iraqi refugees, and that they expected communities, and especially the local church, to play a role in sponsoring these refugees. And I almost had to pull over because I heard something good about the church coming from CBC and coming from the government of Canada. So I kind of played on my mind as I drove home, and I mentioned it to Carol when I got home, and I was thinking, like, Nova Scotia has so many resources. We have so many empty homes, so many warm, small communities, blah, blah, blah. I wonder what, you know, what this is going to look like. And then a few days later, driving again alone in my vehicle, and I heard another CBC story about a, a lady... Montreal, who was, I think she was Turkish background, but she was supporting refugees, and as we know, you turn the media on, there's always going to be something about ISIS or, or, or needs. So anyway, that, that prompted me to, I said, you know, we kind of decided we should do something, so we, I mentioned it to Mark, I said, what do you think about this idea? I think it was just before worship team or something on Sunday morning, and I think he said, let's, we should just run it by the deacons, and so I have this default response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so being on one of the three deacons, it was fairly <laughs> and, and then he said, and I don't want to take too much, but he said, uh, so we got the thumbs up, and then he said, we should call this guy named Paul Carline, who uh, works out of 
CBM office, and uh, he's, uh, he's the head guy for international ministries. So I called Paul on Monday and said, we're kind of interested in this refugee sponsorship thing. What can you tell us? And Paul said, uh, last year, as a denomination of the East, we sponsored one family. He said, we just had a conversation that we want to do 100 in Canada and that Maritimes are going to take the lead with doing 50. And he said, I just hit send on the email that we're going to do 50. And I wondered what I got myself in for. And then <laughs> <laughs> so it's been God moments like that all over. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, if I could just ask back a little bit. I mean, oftentimes we hear things like that and you think, oh, what a shame and wish we could do something. And you kind of just let it go. What was it that made you think, no, we're actually going to do something? come up with another phrase in our group, it's called creeping commitment. <laughs> and I think it's just answering whatever the, that very next step is. And so that step led to, led to, led to, and I just really felt God was touching our heart and that Carol really affirmed it, you know, so we've been like-minded. And, and did you have fears from the beginning? I mean, as pastor, were you thinking, oh, you know, all that vision I had for doing this and that, now it's deflected. What are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? I was actually really thankful to have this because I, I think as a church we're at the point where we could really benefit from, I mean, I wouldn't never wish a refugee crisis on anyone, obviously, but to say that God can redeem things, I mean, that's what we're all about. And so I think, you know, even for our church to be a part of that, that was a really crucial time for our church to, to have that kind of focus. And so that's, that was really, I think, totally of the Lord. Um, and how did the church respond? I mean, at some point, you obviously had to bring this to the church as a body, I imagine. And, yeah. you know, how? Did, what was their response initially? It's kind of nice and nice to be in a small church because uh, I think the word we heard on the weekend was, can be nimble. Yeah. <laughs> nimble. So, you know, we gave an announcement uh, from the pulpit. Um, I mean, I think it's Gord actually sharing what he had heard on CBC Radio. Kind of plant the seeds. <coughs> and, and, and Paul had... Uh, come down to visit with us and meet with us. I was actually away at the time, but it was a it was a house gathering, and when he, when he was coming, we said, um, you know, let's invite neighboring churches. And it's really hard when it's not on a Sunday morning because <laughs> the word doesn't get out. So this is like in the middle of a week, and uh, Gord is at your place. So yeah, I think how many folks? He sent an email out on a Tuesday, and if we met. It was either Friday or Saturday. There was twenty people from nine different churches. Everybody had a passion for refugees. Mm -hmm. yeah, just yeah. And, uh, and so we did, uh, after that meeting, he had some presentation material that we shared with our church in a meeting, sort of a town hall, uh, like, there's not, you don't need to make a decision today, think on it, pray about it, let it sink in a bit, <laughs> and then we'll meet later. Just for our church, the way that the time worked out in our structure, uh, we have a semi-annual business meeting in May, and so that seemed to be the right time to let's bring this and make a decision uh, on this. I'm curious, as a theologian, of whether there was any theological reflection that came out about it and around, you know, biblical reflections that people were having about, you know, a motivation for being involved in a ministry like this? Were there particular things that emerged for you guys in that process? <laughs> well, when Paul came down, he, he had a little presentation done up that he put together, and uh, we've tweaked it, and uh, it's grown since, but two verses that, or the two passages that were reflected on, one you read this morning about the Old Testament, heart of God for the, for the needy, and then the other passage is the, the passage in Matthew 25, and I was tempted to read it, but it would take four or five
many times, you know, and, and um, our family is a Muslim family. And so sometimes I think, um, you know, when Jesus was saying, telling that parable, he was talking about helping people in need. So, you know, you're not looking at people groups or religious persuasions or whatever. You're looking at, here's a soul or a family in need, and our response is just to help. Who is my neighbor? That's right. Whoever is in need. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. quote that you know, the priest and Levite, he said, he said, um, looked at it at the, good, at the the one in need and said, you know, if I help him, what's going to happen to me? Uh, I'm worried. I'm concerned for myself, <laughs> my own you know, sanitation or whatever. And but if I don't help him, what's going to happen to him yeah. or her or them? Takes the focus off yeah. our needs and desires and puts it yeah. in our differences. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about the process, whoever feels led to do this, in terms of what did you have to do and how long did it take and who did what? Describe that for us a little bit. Well, um, I guess the, the early conversation was February-ish, somewhere there. And so all the preparation of gathering information, talking with Paul back and forth, you know, keeping the church updated on things, uh, which is obviously important. Um, but then, once the decision was made um, at the semiannual business meeting in early May, then we had struck a committee at that point and said, you know, here are three or four folks in our church um, with the option of, I guess, bringing on outside folks for, as resource people, but to keep that core team small enough that it's functional. Like, I mean, we know in our churches, sometimes it's really hard to, you know, work with 10, 15 people to get everyone, <laughs> even four or five, and we're busy. everyone's busy. We get that. Um, but then it was in, on May 20th, we had an evening meeting, and uh, that was the night we actually selected the family. We had now, how did profiles. you do that? I mean, how do you keep that human? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. So how, tell, tell me about yeah. that process. Oh, sure. So um, we were given three profiles, so we didn't have 200 to choose from like some right. people do. But we had three families, and um, we just prayed about it, and we all felt drawn to Alan. And, and uh, we said, okay, the next thing we have to do is find a house. And so um, we had no idea. We kicked around different ideas, but they just weren't good thoughts. So anyway, we went home, and then one of the girls looked on her Facebook page, and one of her friends was offering this house that she had to have rented, and, da, 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 and it's just perfect. And that's where I was living. So we just saw God just opening doors like that all the time through this whole process. So were you surprised by that, or was there an expectation that God would open those doors? No, we weren't surprised, but it's just so awesome, because we believe it, but to experience it, it's just awesome. And were there any frustrations along the way? I mean, what were the the biggest obstacles that you encountered in preparation, especially? It's been really easy. We've, we've been asked this question a number of times. I could think of stuff. It was Glenn. I was in Ontario. We had this conversation on the phone. And uh, what would you do, have done differently? <laughs> in, in humility, I say, I think God got it right. <laughs> Truly, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been because awesome. sometimes we think, well, maybe if everybody spoke English, it would have been a little bit easier or whatever. But it hasn't been a bad thing. It's been a good thing. 
So that's excellent. Yeah. Um, how has the church grown through the experience? Do you feel that it has? It certainly stretched people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sort of been reflecting that, if anything, it's been another step to get us thinking beyond our own, well, I even say our walls, because mm-hmm. we have an old church building. <laughs> that, yeah, that's my thesis. I know. <laughs> church buildings, but uh, yeah, but I mean, that has, it's, it's so easy to make those temporal things the focus of all our energy and our money and <coughs> our time. So it's really gotten us outside, thinking outside. And with that, the conversation has also been around, well, there are needs locally, too. And sure there are. And we've been involved in, you know, meeting and trying to meet some of those. But to be a bit more intentional about even, you know, what's happening locally that we need to speak into and, and, and work into and give into and all those sorts of things. And become more justice-minded. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. And that, that's an interesting thing, because I was, as I was thinking about what we would talk about, what my mind was drawn to is how has this changed the relationship between the church and the community? Is there a discernible difference that you, that you can see? Community's really supported us. And it's one of those things where community knows what the church is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And when we do it, they're kind of giving us a silent thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, the support has come from places you'd never have expected it. Mark was with me, we were in another province at a trade show, and one of the most redneck guys that I know came up to me, and I expected, to, he said, I heard you on the radio with the refugee thing, and I expected a slam, and he said, right on, you're doing the right thing, and he turned around and came back a minute later, and he said, uh, here's a check for a hundred bucks, you know, and it was just over and over and over. Very moving. Well, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, and we'll continue the conversation. Part two of the show. <laughs>